Welcome to another podcast by Dr. Dennis Smith, Senior Pastor of Covenant Life Ministries. To find out more, go to lifeandfocustv.com. For the next few weeks, I'm going to be looking at seven life precepts or principles that will help us to live in and experience the life that God desires for us to live, kingdom living. And uh, one of the ones that uh, is probably one of the most obvious uh, and yet could be one of, of, is one of extreme importance is simply the precept or principle of sowing and reaping. You sow, then you reap or harvest. Or we could say what goes around comes around. You know, there have been certain laws that are established in kingdoms. We have the kingdom of God. We have the kingdom of Satan or darkness or the world system diametrically opposed to one another. Every kingdom, every nation has a set of principles or laws that they follow. And in the kingdom of God, it's that way. There are certain principles to follow in order to live the kingdom lifestyle, live in obedience to the Lord and live in a place of blessing, then we follow those principles that He has given us. And they may be uh, physical or spiritual, both. And it's important for us to understand the laws that He's given us. He did give physical laws. Uh, we know that there's a law of gravity. God designed the world, created. There's a law of gravity and it works. You know? Doesn't matter if you die. Doesn't matter if you jump off the house. It's going to work. Law of gravity works. Law of thermodynamics, it works. Certain physical, natural laws God put into place. And just as He put natural laws into place, He put spiritual laws into place. Now we understand that we are citizens of the kingdom because Jesus Christ, who is the door, who is, it's through him that we enter into that different world, that different kingdom. Through his death on the cross, through his resurrection, through defeating the enemy, Satan, he took back the rights, the authority. He restored to man the potential, the ability to live in the kingdom of God, be a kingdom of God citizen, be sons and daughters of the King and the Father. That's the different life He's called us to live. The Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, that uh, He has delivered or rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of His dear Son or the kingdom or the Son that He loves dearly. So we know nations and kingdoms all have principles and precepts to follow. And if you follow them, then you experience what you should be experiencing in that particular nation or uh, country, that government. Now the fact that someone doesn't believe these laws doesn't matter. They still exist. They still work. Just as God has established natural laws, He's established moral and spiritual laws for us. They will operate whether we know them or not. They'll operate even if we try to ignore them, and they will exist even if we don't apply them. They, they just are in place. When we obey and implement them, then He allows us to live in, in that way that He desires us to live, and that is according to His kingdom lifestyle or principles. 
And the life precept number one, or the first one we're going to talk about, is that of sowing and reaping, or deposit and return, or as Pat Robertson said, the law of reciprocity. And it's a principle that God has established that is absolute. It's true. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25, the Bible says, Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. Message puts it this way. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Proverbs 26, 27 says, Whoever digs a pit will fall into it. And he who rolls a stone will have it roll back on him. New Living Translation says, If you set a trap for others, then you're going to get caught in it yourself. If you roll a boulder down on others, it will crush you instead. You reap what you sow. Matthew chapter 7, verse 2, the Bible says, For with what judgment, and Jesus said this, With what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And we know that the critical spirit has a way of boomeranging back to us. What you do has a way of boomeranging back to you. Let's look at two or three things before we go into uh, the four points we want to make about the sowing and reaping. First of all, we need to know that everything starts with a seed. That's how God has designed it. Everything starts with a seed. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22, the Bible says, As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. Genesis chapter 1 verse 11 and 12, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb or vegetation that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. He said, let everything, every seed create according to its kind. You plant something, you will reap that. You plant corn, you get corn. You plant apples, you get apple trees. So he said, everything will reap after its own kind. And it says that God has created everything whose seed is in itself that reproduces. God has ordained the cycle of growth that begins with a seed. Life, get this now, the life is in the seed. Now, in redemption, we know that's true, uh, how God works through seed. Do you remember after man uh, and, and after Adam and Eve had sinned against God, rebelled against Him, and were, uh, were under the curse that came upon them as a result of that, uh, God had already designed a way out. He'd already designed a, a way of rescue. And that's prophesied in the third chapter of Genesis, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, where he promises that there will be, uh, that the seed of woman, the seed of woman will defeat or will be able to overcome or break the, the uh, serpent. So he says, by the seed of this woman, Eve, there will be a lineage, there will be generations of families that are built through which eventually my, the Messiah, my son, the Redeemer will be born. And then when it came to the time for Jesus to be born, he spoke to, uh, the, the Lord spoke to, uh, the angel spoke to uh, Mary. And we know that what happened there, it says that the Holy Spirit came upon her and, 
And as a result of that, she became pregnant, expecting. It was a work of the Holy Spirit. It was a supernatural planting of a seed that produced, that produced Jesus. So we know that God, what He does, He does through seed. That's the way He's designed it. And a seed is not just agricultural. Um, it, it, actually, a seed is anything that's planted and eventually multiplies. Words are seeds. Actions are seed. Your talents, your time, your money. The word, the word, God's word, your faith is like seed that you planted. It works. Acts of kindness, your giving, your generosity, they're all seed. Things that we can sow that God will bless and multiply. So everything begins with a seed. The second thing about seed we need to see is a seed must be planted. Nothing happens until the seed is planted. You can just place it on the table if you want to, and it'll never produce a thing. It must be planted. That's why it's important for us to remember, folks. Don't expect a harvest if you don't plant anything. It's important. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, Those who wait for perfect weather will never plant seeds, and those who look at every cloud will never reap a harvest. You have to plant something. It may not seem to be the best time, the best situation. You know, if you, if you wait because there's a storm coming, and you wait and say, well, I'm just going to wait and see how that, what happens, how that turns out, then, then if you wait until all those circumstances that seem to be hindering you from that, until they're all gone, then it's, it's never going to happen because there's always going to be something out there. I can think of situations in my own life where I felt that the Lord's put something on my heart, called me to do a particular thing or build a particular thing. And it, it seemed that almost without uh, uh, exception that when we began moving in a particular situation to do something, circumstances would take place that would discourage you from doing it. I can remember things I felt like the Lord called me to do and it seemed that, that at, at every time that that would happen that it would seem like the world was about to blow up. There'd be some war going on or some nation and the, the word was that, you know, look, you don't have time to do that anyway so you might as well just wait. And I let that happen 15, 20 years ago in my life to build something, to do something. And because the world was in such a state and circumstances in our life was at such a place, I said, no, I'll tell you what, I'll just wait and see what happens. Didn't sow the seed. It didn't produce. You know what happens when you start waiting in those conditions, situations? You just keep waiting. Sometimes you just got to step out. That's what they call faith. You just step out and you go ahead whether circumstances are good or not. If a farmer waited till the conditions were just perfect before he did anything, then he wouldn't reap very much of a harvest. If we allow circumstances around us to prevent us from giving, from sowing, then we cannot expect to be blessed. Get this now. Intentions will not produce a harvest. Intentions will not produce a harvest. And you know, seeds can lie dormant for a long period of time, days, months, years. We have records of seeds that were thousands of years old that were discovered, that had been stored and they took those seeds and actually planted them, and they grew. They produced. Amazing that life comes when you plant the seed. You see, our responsibility is to sow it or plant it. It's God's responsibility to provide the harvest. A seed, it all starts with a seed. A seed must be planted, and a seed will not produce until it is. John 12, 24 says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, then it remains alone. 
but its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. So when Jesus died, the seed died, then what came out of his death was life, was multiplied millions of people that have received life because he died for them. Life came out of the death. In our own lives, the Bible says if you want to save your life, lose it. So it tells us that when you yield, when you're willing to yield yourself to him, then God resurrects something in your life. But when you try to hold on to it then and not sow that, then it will not produce. The third thing about seed is that the seed is your future. The seed is your future. Your life today is a result of past seed sown. And what you sow or plant today determines so much about your future and what you'll harvest. So let's look at that life precept. I'll give you four things. Life precept of sowing and reaping. You sow, you reap. First of all, we have to begin with this. Simply, we do reap what we sow. We reap what we sow. I remember hearing a comedian say, why am I always getting blamed for the things I do? There are consequences to our choices. This whatever you sow, that shall you also reap is a law of life. It's for believers and unbelievers, regardless. It's irrevocable. It works for good. It works for bad. Because seed produces after its own kind. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8. Look at that with me. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8. Paul says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Will he also reap? In other words, don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. Whatever a man sows, that he'll also reap. Verse 8. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And that verse 8, uh, when it says sow to the flesh, that means you're sowing to your own uh, nature, your own selfishness, your own uh, disgraceful impulses or worldliness. And if we sow to ourselves and self-centeredness and things that we know that are contrary to the life that God wants to give us, then the result of that is corruption or ruin or decay or destruction. It's negative. But when we sow to the Spirit and we allow ourselves to yield to the Lord, the one who plants in response to God, letting God's Spirit do the growth, doing the growing and the work in Him, will harvest a crop of real life. We, we harvest eternal life if we sow to the Spirit. If we want a better harvest, then we need to change what we're planting. It's that simple. You want a better harvest? Change what you're sowing. In Luke, uh, uh, the, the second thing we need to look at before we get into that, the second principle there of sowing and reaping is not only that we reap what we sow, but we reap more than we sow. We reap more than we sow. We could call that the law of multiplication. You know, the old saying that you can know how many seeds there are in an apple, but only God knows how many apples are in a seed. God is in the business of multiplying. A small seed has capacity to, speak, to, to, to create something or bring about something very large. 
Remember in Mark chapter 4, we're told about the parable of the mustard seed. That though it's one of the smallest of seeds, that it can be planted. And from that small seed, there will grow a large tree, if you will. So big that birds can even build nests in it. And so we understand the principle there is that you can plant a little and it will produce much because it multiplies. That's why the Bible tells us not to despise small beginnings. If we'll begin, God can produce great things out of a little, right? Right? Still with me, right? Okay, good. A small seed has capacity to grow large plants. Look at Luke chapter 6, verse 38. And I know I've got a lot of reference to Scripture in this message today, but I think it's important for us to be guided by His Word. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. The Bible says, Give and you'll receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more running over and poured into your lap. Now, that's increase, isn't it? Isn't that multiplication? Give and you receive. Your gift will return to you in full, but not only that, it'll be pressed down, packed down, shaken together, make room for more, and it'll be running over, it'll be poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Now, the context here in this is forgiveness. People's, people are always applying this to money as the primary focus of this verse. But if you read the context of it, it's talking about the attitude of forgiveness. If you forgive someone, then you, can, you expect that mercy. You sow mercy, you get mercy back. The context is forgiveness. But the principle can apply to money, can apply to all aspects of our life, is the fact that when we give in obedience to the Lord, and when we sow that, it will come back to us multiplied more and more and more because it's the principle, it's the law of giving and generosity. We see it in Luke chapter 5 with the, with the miracle of the loaves and fish. One little boy planted just five loaves, two fish. Out of him sowing that seed to be used through God's power, there was produced enough to feed 5,000 men plus women and children with 12 baskets left over. That's the power of multiplication. You know, we need to change our thinking where we see that when we do something that God's called us to do, when we give the way God's called us to give, we need to understand that it's not that we just get back, and our focus is not on getting, it's on giving. But God has put a law, a principle in place. He says that if you'll do this in faith, if you'll do it with the right spirit, the right attitude, if you'll do this, if you'll claim my promises, it's going to come back to you, but it's not going to come back to you in the same amount that you gave, but it's going to come back to you more and more and more and more. It's going to be much greater. I mean, that's a pretty good investment. A pretty good investment. Now, just as you can reap more that you sow in a good sense, you can reap more than you sow in a bad sense. And we read about that in the Old Testament, a prime example. In Hosea chapter 8, verse 7, it says, and many of you remember this verse because it's kind of used a lot for uh, just a phrase that's used a lot. It says, for, that, for they sow or plant the wind and they reap the whirlwind. In other words, they sow evil or trouble and what comes back? Storm, disaster. It's true. When you sow evil and wickedness, it has a way of multiplying back too in a bad sense. The third principle as far as looking at you sow, you reap is number three, we reap 
proportional to what we sow. Now I know you have to understand that, that, there are, that some of this differs according to the specific situation that you're sowing or giving in, that some of it applies uh, in particular ways. So don't try to generalize it in everything, but it is true and it works in every situation. Um, we reap proportionally. It says, I've said that you reap what you sow, and then you reap greater than what you sow, and it seems like the third point, you reap proportionally, is somewhat of a contradiction of that. But you've got to see these in a, in a, broader, in a broader sense. All these principles are true. 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 9, verse, uh, actually verse 6 through 8, and then 10 through 12. You see, you have to remember that the size of the harvest is directly proportionate to the amount of the seed sown, right? If you plant a few seed, you'll get one size harvest. If you're willing to plant a lot, do more, then God's going to produce even more. It's going, your, your harvest is going to be greater. One of my favorite New Testament verses is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and this is part of it. Verse 6 through 8 says, He who sows sparingly will reap how? And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. It's up to you. Basically, that's saying it's up to you. You know, if you want to get a little, then expect, you know, expect a little. You want to give or, or sow a lot, then expect a lot. That's just a principle. It's one that Paul clearly makes us aware of here, makes this church aware of here in uh, Corinth. And verse 7 says, so let, and since it's kind of, think, think if you're just hearing this from someone for the first time. This word, this letter is coming to the people, to the churches in Corinth. And here's the word. And it's, it's, it, this is in the context of, of financial generosity, of being generous in your giving. That's the, that's the context of this, of this particular chapter in 2 Corinthians. And the people have been very generous in giving to help the needs of others and other Christians that were suffering because of persecution and other people facing hunger. Uh, and there were different churches that were on the circuit of Paul's uh, missionary trip that participated in helping those that were in need. So they would take up offerings, not only to bless him and help him, but for the work of the ministry in other places. And in this context, we find in 2 Corinthians, Paul speaking to them, and he says, in your giving, folks, remember that if you just give a little, then the blessing is little. But you give a lot, the blessing is a lot. Now, there's some people who get alarmed about that day and be offended because, oh, you know, you shouldn't be teaching that kind of, uh, of gospel that it's about getting more and more and more. For a Christian, look, if you've got spiritual stability and maturity in you, you, you understand that when you read the Word, the focus is never on, for a Christian, the focus is not on getting, it is on giving. And when you look at the aspect of money, when you give, when we pray over our tithes and offerings every Sunday morning and we pray specific things, maybe the Lord's put on heart, then, then I may say something like this, Lord, thank you for the provision you've given us. Thank you for the seed that you've given us to sow. You even gave us a seed to sow. Everything we have belongs to you. Everything we have belongs to you. It is our joy, our privilege to give you back whatever, it all belongs to you already. But we give you back as you've instructed us to in your word. And as we give this way, Lord, we expect, first, we expect that you'll receive glory from this and the kingdom will be advanced and people will be blessed. 
Secondly, we believe as we give obediently to this that your promises are true and that as we sow, we'll also reap. And as we give generously, we'll be blessed generously. And so when we give, we always, I think almost without exception, say, Lord, thank you that as we give, the blessings of God come back on us. That's not selfish. For a Christian, the, the more blessings come on you, the more you can bless others. The more can, that's not selfish. Now, since you could be selfish about it, so many people say, I just don't believe God wants to bless people like that. Why not? Why not? If you're one that God can use and function through to bless so many other people and advance the kingdom, why not? I'd rather spirit-filled Christians have most of the money. I really had. I wouldn't mind being part of that. I'm not right now. But I wouldn't mind being part of that. Because look at the opportunities to be out there. But this is not about money. It's interesting that in the American culture, when you start talking about giving, immediately our mind goes to the dollars. It's just kind of how we build. But when we look at this, what the Scripture says concerning giving here, it's about so much more than finances or money. But it includes giving and generosity and money. And we got to say, Lord, you know, it's, uh, let me go on these verses. Right? It says, so let each one, as he purposes in his heart, what God puts in your heart, not grudgingly or because you feel guilty or of necessity. I've been in so many situations when people were manipulated into giving through sob stories, through uh, people making you feel guilty if you didn't give or something. It's, it's, that's just manipulation. It's, it's not God, it's manipulation. And that we should never, never, ever give because if we feel that we're being manipulated, we need to give in obedience to Him. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, you know, but God loves a cheerful giver. You know the old saying, God loves a cheerful giver, but He'll take from any old grouch. And, uh, <laughs> but that's not the point of this scripture. God loves a cheerful. The word cheerful there in the Greek is hilarious. 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 What if we developed a mindset? Think about this. What if we developed a mindset in our giving that we just were hilarious? Jump it up, down, just, oh, wow, thank you. I get to give today. Thank you, Lord. You know, for some people, it's it's kind of like, you know, in, in, in they're holding on to stuff. God can't bless it till we turn it loose. And he says, give obediently as, the, as you sense in your heart from the Holy Spirit. Give abundantly, bountifully, because he's going to bless you much as a result of that. And give it with joy. And, verse 8, and God is able then to make all grace abound toward you that you, always having all you need in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Now, if that's a result of verses 6 and 7, if that's a result of that, which it is, then we want to do what's in verse 6 and 7. Because if I do that, it says, because then God is able to make all grace. Everybody say, all grace. Abound toward me. He's able to grant everything I need, all sufficiency in all things and have abundance for every good work. 
Man, that's, a good, that's the good life. It's not without difficulties or struggles or problems, but it's the good life because he is your provision. Verse 10 through 12 says, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In other words, it all comes from him. In the same way, he'll provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. You'll be enriched in every way. Why? You will be enriched in every way. Why? So you can always be generous, which will bless, and this is the summary of it, which will bless others, and then they will joyfully express their thanks to God. In other words, to bring glory to God. You determine the size of your harvest when you sow. We increase our harvest by planting more seed. This, these are true principles. They work. The fourth and final thing is that we reap after we sow. Or we could say we reap later than we sow. We reap in a different season than when we sow. Just as we could see the law of multiplication in the fact that we reap more than we sow, the law of reciprocity in the fact that we reap what we sow, and we see the law or principle of proportion in the fact that we reap proportionally what we sow, then when we reap later than we sow, we see a principle of faith there, the law of faith. In other words, when you sow something, there might not always be immediate results. And the results may not be exactly what you had in mind. But if it's God, it'll always be good. This is probably, this is probably one of the most difficult parts. This is probably the area where we may struggle with, deal with more than anything else. We've gotten to the place where we'll sow, we'll give in obedience, we obey Him. We're seeing different kinds of seed in our life that we can sow, blessing others, um, doing things that will further the the purpose of God. Uh, Our generosity, our talents, whatever they are, we're sowing it, we're sowing it, we're sowing it, we're giving it for His glory. And when we sow these things, and we say, Lord, I've sown this into your kingdom. I've given obediently. I've given hilariously. I thank you, Lord, for the... You, know, you may not... Look, giving hilariously sometimes can be faith. It's faith. You may not feel too hilarious at the moment, but you go ahead and set yourself that, Lord, it's fun to give. Let me get every time we walk by the box back there and we put something in, we say, yeah, thank you, Lord. What? Thank you, Lord. This makes... This makes me happy. I am so glad I get to give. Wouldn't it be great? As soon as we walked in, man, I couldn't wait here to give. Wait till I got here to give. And some people don't. They give, you know, online or send it in so, so different ways. But that's the kind of joy you and I are to have. And yet, there are times after we've given, after we've sown different seed, after we've done what we feel like we should do, we're not getting the results. What happened? I did what I was supposed to do. I'm not getting the results. He said, if I sow seed, I'd get results. I'm not getting results. What's wrong? The tendency is to become impatient. The tendency is to just want to give up at that point. Uh, lose hope. And kind of believe, well, I, I, this thing doesn't work. I thought I'd receive a harvest out of it, but I missed it somewhere. You know, when it comes to receiving after you sow seed, there's no absolute timetable. Some crops will reap quickly and others take a longer time. 
Ecclesiastes 11.6, do your planting in the morning and in the evening too. You never know whether it will all grow uh, it, in which uh, planting it will, will do better than the other. And that's talking about continuous sowing and whether you get back a crop immediately or not, just keep sowing, keep giving, keep giving. When it comes to being caught up in, in, in dealing with doubt and impatience because we've sown, we've sown, and there's no, 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 seemingly no results, then uh, here's something we need to remember. That, you see, when we give or obey the Lord in something, that's an act of obedience. Because get this, God looks for a seed. That's faith. We look for a tree. That's the answer. And so when you give, it seems like immediately your mind is focused upon, I'm going to give so I expect the answer. I'm going to pray so I expect the answer. And it doesn't always happen immediately. That's why in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, it tells us this. Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. For at the proper time or due season... We will reap if we do not faint, quit, or give up. It's important, folks, that once you have planted a seed, that you allow that seed to do its job. It's sometimes it takes some time. Don't plant it and then go after a few days pass by. Well, there's, I'm not getting any results. There's no answer, so I need to check and see what the problem is. So we dig the seed back up. Don't dig it up. Find out how it's, how, how it's doing. Never give up on your seed. Much of what people are experiencing today are the result of seed that's been sown in the past. Their past thoughts, thinking, the actions, how they've lived in the past. Their words, actions. Some people spend more time moaning and groaning, complaining because of all the wrong things have happened in their life and where they've messed up. We've all had some failed harvest. We've all had situations where there have been some crop failures. We've all reaped consequences because of wrong choices and decisions. Most everyone can say, I can see in my past there's wasted years, there's wasted words, there's wasted money, there's wasted relationships. But just let me give you one short word right here. That is the past. That's the past. So if that's the case, if that's the case and I need to see things turn around in my life, then there's two simple things to do. Number one is repent. Lord, I'm sorry. I've allowed things in my life. I've sown things. I have lived a lifestyle and I, I'm reaping part of that back in my life right now still. Now, thank God, redemption, being born again, old things passed away, new things come new, has delivered us from so much of that and the guilt and pain of it, but still there are some consequences to things. At times, there's consequences to things that happened in the past. We just know that's true. So if we see that we're not where we want to be right now, then we say, Lord, I'm sorry. I know that you have more. I know that I've missed it in some places. Lord, forgive me. First. Secondly, start 
sowing good seed. Start sowing the right kind of seed. That's the only way you can really change the harvest. That's the only way you can change what's being produced there is you start planting something different. We don't change, then we can't. If, there's, if these things don't change in our life, then we can't expect the results or the harvest to change in any way. Very important. Very important. You know, seed can come from many forms your faith, your words, your actions, like we said. An idea that you have in your mind, you feel the Lord has given you, can be a seed, needs action, need to be planted, need to do something about it. Your money, how God's blessed you there, what you have not that you can give and help. Ways that you can reach out and care, show love and forgiveness for others. An, uh, an act of service to someone that needs uh, particular aid in some situation, of giving your time, sowing your life into theirs. Every time you do that, every time you sow those kind of seed, you can know that if you do that with the right spirit and the right attitude, a principle, a precept of life is if you do this, then you're going to reap from it and you're actually going to reap even greater blessings because it multiplies. And if you do it bountifully, then God's going to give you overflowing blessing in that so that you can bless others and so that it'll bring glory to Him. And even if it doesn't seem like things are happening the way you thought they would, don't give up. The harvest is still coming. Don't give up on the seed. God's promises are true. His words are true. It'll work in your life every time. So we need to learn to plant as the Lord instructs us to. Our current situations may not have, uh, they didn't happen overnight. There might not be an immediate change in some situation in our life. But if we plan to seed, keep waiting for the change and for the harvest. Don't give up. We need to remember that a seed represents new beginnings. And some people here this morning, there are some areas of your life where you just need a fresh start, a new beginning. If you want to start something new, then you need to find the seed that represents what you want, where you're going, and plant it. More often than, most often the, 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 well, let me give you some of the examples that are more prevalent ones. Then if you're dealing with some physical need there and you're praying, believing God to minister to you, then you have a heart and desire to reach out and touch and minister to someone else who's hurting physically. You pray over the sick. You minister to them. If you expect healing, then so if you expect healing, then you sow healing into others. If you're expecting financial blessings, then you sow and you're giving. You give. You're generous. That may be money, it may be in other things. You give. And you can expect that God's going to bless that back toward you. We sow mercy and kindness. It may not come directly back from that person, but you're going to experience the blessing of God coming back to you of mercy and kindness. It works in these areas in our life and more. You will reap if you sow when you don't give up. Get that down inside of you, folks. 
That's not the covenant family. Get that down inside of you and begin to be conscious every day of opportunities that God gives you to be generous. I'm going to live a generous, giving, serving life because that's how God has treated me. That's how he's loved me. It's inside of me. It's the love of the Lord inside of me. And as I do that, not out of selfishness, but as I do that, because I believe God says what he says, then I believe it's coming back more and more and more. Good seed produce a great harvest. Let's start planting the right seed. You get that? Get that inside of you? Don't forget it when you walk out of this building. Tomorrow morning, you start thinking about different ways that you can start sowing into other people's lives and blessing others. And if you'll do that, then I guarantee you, be patient. You can begin to expect God to come back and bless you. It is one of the marvelous truths of God for living the different life, kingdom life.